Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. I'm Brad Wilson. This program is produced weekly by the Christ Life Fellowship. Check us out on our website, christ-life.org. Well, we are into the fundamentals of the Christ Life Life. And what a great series we started last week. This will be part number two of Warren Litzman's series on the birthing. And we think you will enjoy it. So please listen as now we bring on Warren. I like to tell about the experience I had a few months ago. I had a layover at the Denver airport and uh, out in the lobby of the Denver airport was a display by Beth Sar Salome, which is the big Jewish movement. <clears throat> And they had a bunch of books there and Jewish literature and obviously were making a witness. And that was very good. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to them at all. But I was, while killing time, looking through the books, a lot of the books I knew about and authors that I knew about. And as I was looking through the books, a little jolly kind of rotund lady came running up to me and stuck out her hand. And she said, I'm so-and-so. I'm a Hebrew Christian. Is there anything I could tell you about? You'd like to know something about these books? And it just struck me because my mind was on these things of the Lord. And I looked at her and I said, Dear lady, uh, there is no such thing as a Hebrew Christian. Oh, yes, she said, I'm a, I'm a Jew who's been saved. I said, there's no such thing as a saved Jew. Boy, did I have her attention. She said, she said, all of us here are Hebrew Christians. I said, there's no such thing. Boy, she was getting angry. She said, who are you? I don't know why she kept saying that. I said, I'm a born-again believer. She said, who are you? I said, I'm just a born-again believer. She said, why would you make that statement? I said, I made that statement because there are no Hebrew Christians. I said, Paul says it three times in three different ways that in Christ there are no Jews. And I said, if you're saved, you're in Christ. And I said, if you're in Christ, there are no Jews. You're not Jewish anymore. You see, she was very precious and probably knew the scriptures better than I did. But she didn't understand the birthing. I looked at her and I said, lady, I used to be German. When you look at me, you'll probably still think I am German. And if you knew my name, you'd know I was German in the flesh. But I said, I'm not German anymore. I'm a Christian. And I said, there are no Gentiles in Christ Jesus. She stomped off from me and she said, I don't care what you say. I'm a Hebrew Christian. <laughs> I didn't change her at all. But there are no Baptist Christians. There are no Pentecostal Christians. There are no Methodist Christians. Why? When you understand the birthing, you understand the last line of this fifth verse. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Why? We're a new race of people. We're a new race of people. 
We're not the same old people. We're not the same race of people. We're not the same idea anymore. And Christians don't understand that. And that's why the world is not flocking to Christianity. It's because the liberating secret in Christianity is still hidden in God. Because we've not allowed the Holy Spirit to reveal this thing that preachers can't tell us. Paul said, it was once hidden from apostles and prophets, but now it is made known by the Spirit. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 1 and 1 that in the last days God will no longer speak through prophets. Why? It goes on to say he'll speak only by his Son. Why? There's a new race of people. They're not old people that's accepted Jesus as their Savior. They're rebirth people. They're a whole new race of people. If you really knew that, your life would be radically supercharged by this knowledge. Because if you knew the only life you now live is Christ. If you only knew the only life there is, is in the Son. If you only knew the only way you get life at all, is by simply believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you understood the essence and the power of that, it would change your words, your mind, your ideas. It would change your health. It would change your problems, your marriage, your family responsibilities. I'm not talking about being a good Christian because I don't think you can be a good Christian. I'm not talking about you being holiness because I don't think you can be holy. I'm talking about a birthing. I'm talking about something God has done to you that made you to be a whole different character and person than you've ever dreamt you was because God Put something in you that made the difference. You have been born again. Now, in John's third chapter, Jesus said you must be born again. And would you believe it? Not until the next to the last epistle written in the Bible is that statement ever used again. Back to my knowledge, it's only used twice in the Bible. The next time that statement is used, it's used by Peter. And in the first epistle of Peter, chapter 1 and verse 23, it says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Seed. How do you get birthed in the natural? You get birthed in the natural because a father and a mother cohabitate. They perform an act of love. And as a result, the father puts 
his seed in the mother, and that seed is another person. Listen to me closely. There is nothing that mother can do that will bring about that other person aside from the father's seed. The mother may cohabitate. She may give herself. She may genetically give her ovum to encompass that seed and bring out genetic effects in that person that's created. But that mother cannot produce another person at all within herself or by herself. How is it done? It's done by the Father's seed. What did Jesus say when he said you must be born again? He literally said there must be another father in the picture because only fathers produce fruit. Mothers cannot produce fruit. They can only bear it. Believers cannot produce fruit. They are mothers who can only bear the seed that's put in them. You cannot produce a Christian life. I don't care how many times you're baptized, how many churches you join, how many times you make commitments, how many times you consecrate, how many times you go to the altar, how much good work you do. You as a believer There is nothing you can do to produce Christ-likeness or the Christ-life. Now you have to start with that thought. There are a lot of things you will do but there's nothing you can do to produce that seed. That seed has to come from a father. They even have birthings to take place today where women don't know the father. They've got sperm banks where the sperm is placed in a woman's ovum and it produces a child. But they've got to get that sperm from someplace. That seed has to come from a male somewhere. There has to be a father. Can't do it without a father. That's what Peter says. He says, this is the way you're born again. A father puts his seed in you. Now let me tell you what happened to you the night you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't mean when you were baptized. That didn't have one thing to do with it. I don't mean when you made a commitment to God. That didn't have anything to do with it. I mean the moment you simply believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to understand what happened. And first I want you to understand that all you needed to do was to believe. Acts 16 and 31 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You didn't need to do one other blessed thing to be saved, but to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you understand that, don't you? Today, we have more teenage pregnancies than we've ever had in the history of the world. And the reason we have so many teenage girls pregnant, and it's a, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 percent in our high schools get pregnant before they ever get out of high school. 
It's an awesome statistic. You know why it's taking place? <coughs> they don't understand that in a simple act of love, such an ominous consequence can take place. Nobody worked up emotionally and fleshly and lustly understands the ominous consequences of a father putting his seed in a mother. Why? It may have seemed simple. It may have seemed unavoidable. unavoidable. It may have seemed non-consequential. But the instant that simple little act happened, an unbelievable thing took place. There was a creation of another person. We can't get our generation today to understand that. Boys and girls don't understand that. So we have as one of our most unbelievable problems in the universe the thing called abortion. I believe abortion is allowed by God, not the act of killing babies, but the issue. Because you know what we don't believe? We don't believe a father putting the seed in a creature. We don't believe that and we don't understand that. For instance, the people who stand for abortion say that's not a person. That seed is not a person. That's not real. It's not a person till much later on. But what does the Scriptures tell us? The Scriptures tell us that the seed is what birthing is all about. And when that seed is destroyed by a human willful act, it's murder. Who allowed that issue? I say God allows it as He does all other issues to begin to tell us as believers that when you believe, simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, there was another person involved. Now religion run by Satan doesn't let us accept that. Religion runs by Satan says, oh, they're not really saved then. They're not really new creatures then. I know they went to the altar and they shed a few tears. But until they get baptized and join the church and prove themselves by catechism, they're not real believers. God's trying to show us something else. He's trying to show us that that skimmed the surface, that evaded the truth that the moment we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, a father, another father of a whole other race, birthed in us another person. Instantaneously. Just like conception by two young people who may not have known what they were doing, who may not have understood their acts, who may have wished later they hadn't done it, but the instant they did it, it was done. Why am I putting it like that? The reason why we have people in the church that are sinners and people who don't live for God and why there's so much filth and shame and lust in the house of God is because we haven't preached the truth that there's another person in that creature. As long as they think, well, I'll do better later. I'll get righteous later. When I get the Holy Ghost, I'll have the power to live the life. As long as they believe they can be sanctified later on, which is error, which is of Satan. As long as they believe that, 
they will ignore that person that's in them. And God, I say, allowed the abortion issue to come up so that Christians could come to know what life is all about and what another person is all about and what birthing is all about. Because the instant you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, if God didn't birth in you His Son then, then how can man bring it? How can religion bring it? How can the church bring it? I don't care if they tell you, well, you've got to be saved and baptized and full of the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. The instant you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you cohabitated with another father. And that father, in an act of love, birthed in you his dear son. How do I know that? The golden text so-called of the Bible. For God so loved the sinner that whoever admitted their need of that God, that God birthed in them life. And the life is in the seed and in the son. Now, because you are birthed, you ought to be baptized. You ought to get in the church. You ought to work for God. But none of those things have one thing to do with that birthing. That birthing is an act of love. Notice how Peter puts it in that fourth verse. Or at the 23rd verse of, of 1 Peter 1. He says, being born again, not of corruptible seed. What did he introduce there? He introduced the new race. Where's the corruptible seed in you? That's the thing that happened to you when your mom and daddy got together. You've got to understand this. When your father planted a seed in your mother, and you were birthed, that was corruptible. Not their act of love, but you. Because you came into this world a sinner. You came into this world needing a Savior. You came into this world unable to save yourself, unable to redeem yourself. So, the corruptible seed is that old life. We're not birthed of that old life. That's not the life we now live. The life we now live is Christ because He and He only has been birthed in us. Please hold on with me. One more verse of Scripture we need to venture to. And that's in Peter also. Second Peter. Chapter 2 and verse 4. Here, Peter explains it more fully. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Now, there's two things to be said about this verse. How is it that this awesome event of another father birthing in you another person takes place? It takes place by what you believe. How did you become a sinner? You became a sinner because your forefather believed what the devil said. You remember back in the Garden of Eden, the progenitor of the human race, 
had God's Word available, and then he had what Satan said. Instead of believing what God said, he believed what the devil said, and when he believed what the devil said, he took on Satan's nature so that every child he produced had Satan's nature. That's why the Scripture says we are born of a woman and full of sin in a few days, full of trouble. In sin did our mothers conceive us. How did that happen? Because Satan planted it in Adam's mind that if you eat of the fruit of this tree, you'll be as your own God. You won't eat Almighty God. You'll be as your own God. Sinners think they're smart. They think they're smart because they think I'm my own person. I can do my own thing. That's what Satan said. That's the way he lied to us in the very beginning. Being your own God. Well, that's the old nature. Peter said, now, because we believe the promises of God, we have become partakers of a new nature. Now, this is what I want you to see. Notice what Peter said in both of his statements. In 1 Peter 1 and 23, he says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by what? By the Word of God. Born again by the Word of God. How do you get born again? By the Word of God. Not by the preacher. Not by baptism. Not by joining the church. Not by doing good works. Not by trying. You are born again by the Word of God. How? Believe in it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. Notice what he says again in 2 Peter 1 and 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these... What does he say again? By the Word of God. By the promises in God's Word, you are partakers of divine nature. Now let's look at that closely. Partakers of divine nature. How is that? How did you become a partaker? Another father put his nature in you. What does that mean? That means that the nature of God is in the seed. And the seed is the life. And the life is Christ. Christ in you. Your only hope. How'd you get that? By believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And believing what the scripture said you became a partaker of the same nature of God. Now listen to me. If you knew you had God's nature in you, you'd quit your lying and your stealing and your cursing and your sinning and your unfaithfulness. You would be jerked up immediately by knowing who you are. You know why saints keep on sinning and keep on lying and keep on cheating God, stealing God's money and doing their own thing? They don't know who they are. Nobody's ever preached the birthing to them. They think they're getting better or they're going to get better or I'm going to do right tomorrow or I'm going to get saved next week. No, sir. No little girl says, I'll get birthed when I feel like it. She gets birthed when a father puts the seed in her. And when that seed goes into a believer, it's total. That's what abortion 
is telling us today, and that's why I say it's a God issue. It's because it's telling us in the seed itself is a perfect human being. What happens when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? The Father put a perfect Son in you. You don't live like it, talk like it, act like it, or believe it because you don't understand the birthing. Religion has confused us. Satan has confused us. We don't preach the Word. We don't preach the Word. We don't preach what it is God did. And multitudes of people waver back and forth between sin and righteousness because they don't know that God's righteousness is in them. Let me tell you something. Every time you open your mouth to say a vile word, if you knew that the only life there is in you is Christ, what would that make you do in what you said? You don't really believe Christ has been birthed in you. What you think is, I'm a religious person. Everybody does a little sin and everybody's wrong sometimes. Nobody's right. You have no idea that there's a God nature in you. Husbands and wives think they're made to fuss and fight with each other. They have no concept that there's a God nature in them. That God planted His nature in them. That's what the birthing's all about. If you think you just have a little religious act, oh, I know what we think. Well, you know, I didn't cry when I got saved. The preacher said, you ought to cry. I shed no tears. I didn't feel anything when I got saved. I didn't stop doing anything bad when I got saved, so I don't know whether I'm really saved or not. Let me tell you something. That's where we haven't preached the gospel. If you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, God put His seed in you. Now, What happens to a person when they get pregnant? A dear woman, she'll go a period of time before she knows whether she's pregnant or not. Some go three or four months. Some have to go to a doctor to find out if they're pregnant. Why? The act was so simple. The birthing was so simple. Didn't appear anything happened at all. Didn't think anything was to it. That's why in the movies, it's always a surprise to the father to find out he's going to have a child. So I want to tell you something. That's how simple it was when you were born again. If somebody had preached the true gospel to you, if somebody had opened up the word to you that the instant you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, whether you feel anything, whether you cry, whether you're ecstatic, whether you start doing good or not, you've got another person in you. That's the in Christ message. That's the Christ life. That's what needs to be preached. That's what needs to be told to humanity. Instead, we tell them now, if you all come to Sunday school and give your tithes and offerings and pray every day, you'll be a Christian. What do we do? We nullify the birthing. That's an abortion. We committed an abortion by untruth. You don't have to tell people to come to the house of God who know Christ is in them because He'll never forsake together and together with the body which is His. You'll never have to preach giving to people who know they have Christ in them because they'll know it's His money, not theirs. But you see... We've been bamboozled by the devil who runs religion. And we don't know and understand the birthing process at all. 
we don't know that another father's birthed in us his dear son. What we do is shove him into the back room of our heart and say, here I go, I'm going to try to be good. I'm going to try to do what's right. Ignore him. We must preach Christ. That's why Paul determining said, I preach Christ. I know nothing among men save Jesus Christ. Why? People didn't know that it was Christ in them. They thought they were Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostals. They didn't know that they were Christ persons walking around in human bodies. It's Christ in you. That's God's message. There's no way I can tell this story now without taking the time that I need, so bear with me. When God cohabitated with you at an altar and you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, it was an act of love. What he was after was not a church member, nor do-gooder. He's after a son, a son by you. He's after Christ being your all. So that one day when he brings you into his house, he won't depend on you at all. He'll depend on that son that's in you. That as you walk on this earth, he won't depend on you getting righteous. He'll depend on Christ in you, your hope of glory. That's the gospel. Some months ago, Randy, my oldest son, and I were driving down I-30 on the way to Arkansas and Cherokee Village meeting. <clears throat> and as we drove along near Texarkana, all of a sudden Randy, who was driving, just went wild. <clears throat> He's at that age that any vehicle that's different or Flashy catches his eye and he's just excited over it. What had happened was a pickup truck with a horse trailer had passed us. He said, did you see that? What? That pickup. So he speeded up and caught up with it. It was really going fast. And it was so. That's the fanciest looking pickup I ever saw in my life. It had gold, bronze, or brass all over it. Every bit of the uh, extras that could be put on a vehicle was on that pickup. It was a dual rear end and had four doors and it was fancy. Beautiful. And then the horse trailer itself was something else. I'd say that pickup cost $50,000. But the horse trailer was one of these single horse trailers, but it had three rooms on it. That horse had a three-room trailer. <laughs> but then I noticed there was a name on the door of the pickup and on the trailer, and that caught my attention because it was the name of the horse. And I remembered just a few days before I had read in Time magazine a story about a horse by that name, and sure enough, it was that horse. It was the number one quarter horse in America. <clears throat> Worth, what, two or three million dollars. So it was little wonder it had a three-room trailer. Randy said, wonder why it's got three rooms. I said, well, it probably has a restroom plus a sitting room and a bedroom. <clears throat> but I remembered the story of that horse. 
That was a horse that was a stud horse. And that horse, for a couple hours' work, could earn $50,000. Breeding of the horse. And as we went on down the road, I recalled the story and recalled this message of the birthing with it. Obviously, they were taking the horse somewhere in Arkansas where a rancher was going to pay $50,000 for that stud horse to join with its mare. What they were really after was a coat. A special coat. The highest bred coat you could get in America. And so my mind went reminiscing that to think that one afternoon's work by that horse was worth $50,000 to the owner of that stud. And the Spirit reminded me that God so loved the world that He gave that in just a six-hour period on Calvary, God paid the price of the silver of Christ's tears and the gold of His blood to have the right to birth that Son in every believer. Well, I thought that guy that owned that horse not doing so hot. Look what my father did. The price he would pay to get me. And then I thought later on, in a couple of years, that rancher over in Arkansas is going to have that colt raised, maybe for the races. And maybe the big race has come up. And I can see the owner of that colt just before the race go out and grab the colt by the reins and say, Colt, I want you to know something. This is the big race. This is the big money. And I'm expecting you to pay off for that afternoon where I spent $50,000 to get you. And I want you to know, horse, that I'm not depending on you. If I was depending on you, I wouldn't have spent that $50,000 because I could have just put any old stud and mare I got together. But instead, I got the number one stud in the country and his nature is in you. So out there on that racetrack, I want you to remember that it's not you running, it's your father. It's not you, it's that nature I bought and put in you. Because I bought the best racer in the country, I bought the finest horse flesh there was. And I don't want you to get out there showing off, prancing around, or doing your thing. I want you to know I'm dependent on that nature that's in you to win this race. Ever since you were born again, 
your father put his nature in you. You've been lied to by religion and told you need to do better. You need to do your own thing. You need to put it all together. You need to get it under control. But you were lied to because you can't do it. But the nature that God put in you was God the Son. You are a partaker of His divine nature. And every day the Holy Spirit needs to jerk you by your reins and your harness. And He needs to say, God's not dependent on you today. He's dependent on Christ in you. Fix it in your mind. It isn't you walking, it's Christ walking. It isn't you working, it's Christ working. It isn't you living, it's Christ living by you as you. For you no longer live, but you've been bought and redeemed by another who lives his life in you and by you now. Christ in you. That's the liberating secret that runs this universe. You're not a little believer out here running around trying to make it, trying to put it together. That's your ignorance working. What you really are is a Christ person. Walking on two legs, seeing through His eyes, hearing through His ears, the life you now live is Him. It's Christ. I implore you this day, search the Scriptures and see the birthing. You say, I don't know if I'm saved. That's religion talking. If you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, He's there. Get it in your mind now. Let the Holy Spirit begin to reveal the Son that's in you. He's in you. He's in you now. If so be you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll continue in your sin and your error until you let the Holy Spirit show you the things of Christ that's in you. Let's bow our heads. Okay, we'll stop right here. This has been a wonderful, wonderful message from Warren Litzman on the birthing, beginning the fundamentals of the Christ Life Walk. Hey, don't forget to visit our website, christ-life.org. We'd love for you to go up there, read all about us, and uh, learn about the Christ Life. And also, if you'll go to the top of the page and click on that fellowship tab, it will tell you and walk you through exactly how to set up your own church in the home. It's a wonderful thing to do, and it helps us to continue to spread this great Christ-like message around the world, which was Warren's dream. Again, Christ-life.org. Our thanks now to the great Robbie Litzman for allowing us to go into the archives each week to bring you these wonderful broadcasts. Valerie Hill does our Twitter account. Tammy Laycock, she does the weekly podcast notes, and this program is produced weekly by Teresa Ferraro from the Christ Life Fellowship. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ Life.